Good evening and welcome back to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. How are you, Rob? It's been a while. I'm doing yeah, it has been. Yeah. Welcome back indeed. It's been it's been a good minute since we've done one of these, hasn't it? It has. Um glad to have everybody back. Um hopefully you're enjoying this or enjoying seeing this pop up in your feed after a few weeks off. Um uh, I will take full responsibility for the for the lengthy break. I and to come down from Frisco a little bit um, and the disappointment. And, and neither one of us have been very excited to talk about men's hoops. No, not weeks. at all. Not at all. Um, but we're back with you. We wanted to catch everyone before basketball starts, uh, you know, the, the postseason run, uh, such as it is for men's um, or whatever the run is for the women. And as spring sports are all kicking off now. And I will, I will say before we even get going, Rob, um, we're going to have a, you know, I don't know, a, a semi-annual <laughs> every couple of years JMUSB headquarters meeting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. In a week and a half or so. So we are going to hopefully circle up and come up with some ideas and, and really figure out uh, where we're headed in 2020. And excited. To, we have a lot of thoughts, but we're going to try to get together some point next week and put them together for the first time in a while. I'm looking forward to seeing you, Rob, and talking about that. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm looking yeah. forward to it, too. Yeah. So, as always, we're brought to you by both Pale Fire Brewing and Mossy Creek Fly Fishing, both in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, looking forward to hopefully picking up with both of them in the next couple of weeks. You know the drill. You can go by either of those fine establishments and mention the podcast, and you'll get some free stuff. Uh, looking forward to catching up with them again soon. Tonight, we are a little loose. We do have an outline. We're going to... Um, work through a bunch of different topics tonight. Um, it's just sort of a, for those of us that have been with, those of you that have been with us for a long time, uh, this is the old school, old guys leave roundup tonight. <laughs> so uh, there's a very old story about Rob and I being chased out of a, uh, a party in Harrisonburg as, as old guys. And that was like 15 years ago, right? <laughs> the people who did it to us are older than we were at the time now. That's exactly okay. right. So, we're going to go around uh, and do a couple different things. We're going to start with the negative, Rob, um, to a certain extent. We'll, we'll start with hoops, um, men's hoops in particular. I, I did want to say I, the first thing we were going to talk about is I, I, I think we all saw JMU had a very, let's say, aggressive timeline for when people had to reserve their seats for the new arena in place. And they moved, announced last week that they are kicking that back until August. Um, I have no fault with JMU on this one, Rob. Clearly, no. no one wants to invest in the men's product at the moment. And a lot of people would want to see who the coach is going to be, um, who's running the program, what's going on uh, before they invest their treasure in that. Uh, I also think it just doesn't make any sense, right? They hadn't even, I think there was, even JMU had said they hadn't, hadn't figured out like the seating thing. They didn't, they obviously haven't finished out the inside. So the ticket vendor couldn't even do the virtual the mock-ups for the seats. Yeah. yeah. But I think even more so, let's be honest. It, you know, we all want to know what, what's going on with the program. What is the direction? And it, it, I don't see why it hurts them in any way <laughs> to move this back. And, and hopefully, you know, I mean, not, not to push everybody out the door, but, but to um, capitalize on whatever kind of momentum they can find at the bottom of the barrel this summer. <laughs> so, Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I what do you think, sense. Rob? I mean, it was really it, disappointing, it right? The men's team, they played pretty hard, I thought, over the weekend at uh, in the Delaware game after a, a real egg earlier in the week, which is pretty typical. Um, yeah. I don't even know what to say about the team at this point other than if you're, if you're into such things, bet against them the rest of the yeah. way. Like, I, it's unbelievable. So. There's just, we're, we're, what, three years into this, mm-hmm. and there's – no offensive identity. Four years. It's the four fourth years, year. Four yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. Third year for this for the upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of talent on the roster. It's it's just a free for all though. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, there's a, way too much one on one play. Defensively, it's just a mess. They, mm-hmm. they they switch on everything, and it appears that teams run two screens, and it just results in guys being left wide open. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's just a complete disaster. I mean, you don't want to be too yeah. critical but this was a team that got some first place votes they're dead last 
all by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only team they've beaten is UNCW. Yeah. UNCW, I mean, talk about a team that's playing hard. <laughs> they've already fired their coach. They fired their coach, and they've, they've got three upset wins. You know, they, mm-hmm. they beat Charleston. They beat William and Mary. They beat somebody else. I mean, like, that's a team at least going down fighting. Um, it's just a mess, man. And, like, nobody wants to uh, – Todd, I think you're with me on this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to advocate for somebody to lose a job. Uh, nope. I don't, I don't buy this nonsense of like, oh, coaches know what they get into. That's great. I'm still not mm-hmm. going to stand up here and say fire somebody. That that results in, you know, that that's a traumatic thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it comes with the business. But you're not going to hear me hooting and hollering saying, you know, fire this guy, fire that guy. Think about all the assistants. It, it throws in a question. Um, mm-hmm. The kids on the team. But that being said. He's not getting it done, and I think most people see where this is headed. Yeah, um, the, they they just absolutely cannot do the lame duck thing that they did with Brady last no. time. Um, and I mean, Roe hasn't done anything to prove that he deserves an extension right now. So I think it's pretty obvious where most of us think this is going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not fun. I mean, like Roe. No. Yeah. Roe is a is a good dude, mm-hmm. and and I know as a fan. It's, it's about wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Um, but every, every kind of question is how he can recruit without the results on the field. If you've been around Lou Rowe, you know how he can recruit. Yep. I mean, he's a sincere dude. Um, like, again, as a fan, mm-hmm. I, I want a team to win. Yep. If I was in a situation where my son was being recruited to play, I absolutely would feel comfortable and I'd be excited about handing him to Lou Rowe for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like, he's just a good dude. These guys on the team will be better off as young men for yeah. having Lou Rowe in their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are going to think I'm crazy, Todd, but you remember. I mean, I sent you texts. Yeah. I was at an event a couple years ago yeah. with Rowe and Houston, and right. I came out of that event, yeah. huge <laughs> Rowe fan, not yeah. that thrilled with Houston right, right. at a personal level. I'm not saying he's – I mean, he was a good coach and everything, but, like, I had some conversations with the guys. Some things were said to me that I didn't think just came off that great. You know, right. some stuff was shared with me that I didn't think need to be shared. Mm-hmm. Um, but Roe, on the other hand, was just absolutely a stand-up guy. And he made a point of like, hey, I will not recruit people. I don't want to be around. I'm looking for good young men. I want good Jamie students. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it's tough because he's a good guy. I, I want nothing more than for the program to succeed under Roe. He's a guy mm-hmm. that he was, he was my favorite player when he was when he was at school. I just think he's an outstanding representative of the university. I think everything around the program has improved other than the record. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's probably what he's going to be judged on. And uh, it, it's hard to have much of a counter-argument, but it's, it's not yeah. a fun situation for me as no. a fan, as it is for a lot of people. You know, I, I, I'm a fan of, of the school, obviously. I want mm-hmm. the program to succeed. I'm incredibly disappointed by how mm-hmm. it hasn't come to be. And, you know, changes need to be made. And it's pretty obvious the one that's most likely to be made in a couple months. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I, uh, you know, last year, I think there's been, I've seen a little bit of criticism of sort of the statement that Bourne made at the end of last season, essentially, you know, putting to bed any rumors before the off season. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. I, I, th- I don't have any problem with that. Um, you know, I, I for me, it's, we, we got to face the reality that the CAA is a, it's really a low major league at this point. I mean, yep. it's a one-bid league. Um, mid-major would be extremely generous and yeah. I think inappropriate at this point. And, you know, when you're at this level, if, you, if there's any doubt about your coach, you're going to have a mass exodus of players, um, both, you know, current roster players entering the transfer portal and decommits. And, yeah. you know, the one thing that I think we can all say for Roe, as you just brought up, was recruiting was not his problem. No, getting those recruits to execute on the floor, um, you know, aside from maybe finding a, a knockdown three point shooter, recruiting talent has not been his problem. This team probably has more talent. That's what's so frustrating for fans. Um, probably has more talent than some of his predecessors. So, yeah, I don't have any problem with last year's statement. Um, I don't have any problem with Bourne's statement. I don't know, a month ago or so, essentially saying, you know, we're not doing anything during the season. Um, I, I think that's kind of an institutional a uh, decision that I don't have any problem with at, at the CAA level. I mean, I, it's not like football where you're, you're getting out ahead and scrambling for candidates or something at this point. No, right. They're going to need to pull a diamond. It's, in the, yeah. Rough. It's either you're going to need a diamond in the rough or any candidate that you're considering um, 
is it probably involved in postseason play. Yeah. Right, is probably setting themselves up, whether that's a, a, a head coach at a you know a smaller school or an assistant coach at a bigger school. The reason you're after them is because they're 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 showing some success. So I, I just I, to me in basketball, there's not as much of the premium. You don't have the kind of the signing day issues um, in quite the same way that you do in football. With the two different signing days and everything else that has driven us crazy the last few years. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say, Rob. Um, I, you know, we might as well work in some of the. We got some great questions tonight. We're just doing. We did a little bit of an Ask JMUSB tonight, and uh, at John Engel twenty three on Twitter had asked, "Will we ever be good at basketball?" <laughs> and I, I, I kind of laughed and I thought, "Yes, at some point we probably will be good." Um, I do feel a little bit like this. This job, Rob, is like the defense against the dark arts position. Yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of cursed, <laughs> right? I mean, we've. I mean, literally, we've ruined like two or three of our like best alums ever (laughs) yeah right i mean we've had sherman dillard in this position we've now had lou Rowe. i mean i you know whatever you think about keener or brady i mean it's not like any of these guys we were none of these guys were patino in terms of like their off the court behavior no you know like not even close right i mean you know and so i just I think at some point, Jamie will win again. Um, I, I think the new arena will help. I think people should not get carried away. Um, basketball's a funny sport, right? Because in the same way that I said, Jeff Bourne makes that statement last year um, to quell any doubt. Um, you're always only one or two players away <laughs> in bas- from, from a significant upgrade in basketball. Particularly in this league. In this league, yeah. yeah. I think about it now. You remember like when we got Denzel Bowles? Yeah. And – like he just like kept JMU in games, even though he was not a good two-way player. That guy got got the um, help JMU get the proverbial John Feinstein other votes, others receiving other votes, receiving votes, right? Like yeah. they got some votes in uh, before CA play this that year, mm-hmm. and then actually beat VCU in the regular season finale the year that VCU went to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was probably the. The yeah. best CAA there ever was. Yes. That was the three big league. And Jamie was competitive in that one. So. Very much. Yeah. Um, that that team just got Knight. snake I mean, bit right, with yeah, yeah. injuries. Yeah. And there's a couple guys in this league this year. Uh, Nathan Knight at William & Mary. Uh, Grant Riller at Charleston. Yeah. You know, you put them on a different squad in this league. And <laughs> the, the whole standings turn upside down. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't think we're ever that far away, John, um, or anybody else. I think we could be good in basketball. Um there's no reason why we're not. I just, I'll never understand. So that was one. Rob, the other more important question on this one, and we got this one from at Duke Dog Nation. Um, what is the realistic high end of the spectrum for JMU to spend on a coach? Like at what point would you be upset that we spent too much? I, I don't know. I saw this and this was a yeah. terrific question. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's the whole sunk cost fallacy. It, it is what it is. We already got the arena. But it does feel like you don't want to get, like, the discount tires on a Ferrari sort <laughs> right, of thing. Right, right. And they got to shell out. Like, as you mentioned before, this is kind of a low major situation yep. now. It's a very attractive school vis-a-vis the rest of the, the CAA, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of resources and um, what all the other sports have, that's attractive. Coaches see that and they see potential. Like this is a school to get to be on its athletic program. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's not a super attractive job. You know, like no. for a lot of fans I've been talking to really want to go with an experienced head coach. Yes. Well, if you do that, like there aren't that many leagues below to like, yeah. I mean, people throw out Wes Miller. Wes Miller is taking this job. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that, that Wes Miller will, will make a leap to maybe, I mean, in his mind, probably Wake Forest or something like that. Yeah. He's already got more success at a, at a comparable level, arguably better. I mean, SoCon mm-hmm. has kind of passed yep. the CAA. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like, people tend to turn their nose up at the idea of getting, like, a D3 coach, but I'm not necessarily opposed to that. No. Um, I, I know a lot of people say, oh, it's not going to, it's not going to, you know, raise any eyebrows or get people talking. Well, who cares? I right. mean, what like a big name will sell tickets for first half of next season. And then it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. You get somebody in there who can win. Mm-hmm. That's going to make a difference. So, um, I mean, Tony Shaver came from D3. He was pretty successful in Mary for mm-hmm. a while. Um, Randolph Macon has produced a number of really good coaches. They're a perennial, like top five, top 10 team. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, that's not going to excite people, mm-hmm. but what do you look at that? I'm not convinced that 
the big like P5 assistant is the way to go for this job. <laughs> I mean, just based a little bit okay. on past experience. Yeah, yeah. No, this is funny. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's like everybody always says like, oh, you go get somebody off Coach K's bench. Those guys don't come down to the CAA for their first jobs. No. You know, no. you don't get somebody from a blue chip staff. I mean, Sanchez, supposedly, no matter who you talk to, mm-hmm. either bombed out of the interview or just said no because he was making more money as assistant under um, at UVA. So, right. I, I don't know. I mean, like, who's the who's the hot coach out there? And can you get his assistant? I think you'd struggle to unless you're probably getting up near a million dollars for some of these guys. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll try to answer this in three parts on my own. One, on the Wes Miller thing, that's a perfect example. You knew I was going to not be able to resist talking about this, um, having yeah. come from that institution and really watched his career for a long, long time. Um, and whether it's him or anybody else, at, at the bottom line is, I mean, it's a better job. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not saying it's a better school or more attractive in the whole package for people who aren't associated with the basketball program. I'm just saying it's in an urban market. It's in a state that cares deeply that, about basketball. deeply, deeply, deeply about basketball at an institution that cares that doesn't have football. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that this is the, the whole that's the alpha job. deal. Right. You're playing at the Greensboro Coliseum. I mean, I just I, there's a lot of specific things to UNCG and we don't need to get into that, but. Yeah, it, to me, that's crazy. Um, that, that just, we're not, we're kidding ourselves if we think recruiting to Harrisonburg is easier than recruiting to Greensboro for this sport. That yes. doesn't mean for across the board or for other reasons, but for this sport, for men's basketball, there are things about that, you know, that are totally different. Um, and I think you're right. I think if you're at the SOCON, if you're at the, Hell, you know, Belmont or somebody. I mean, if you're at these mm-hmm. other schools, your next job is not JMU. Your next job is, a, I don't know, Power 8, whatever it is in, in men's hoops, right? I mean, if you include and AAC, and AAC. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, there are other conferences in basketball besides football. Um, the only place I, I, I will say, I mean, I'll, I'll try to – the other two parts of this, Rob, um, I'll get to the salary at the end. But the only thing I'll disagree on is I'm not – you, I think, share the view of a lot of people I've talked to about this, which is that you'd prefer the head coaching experience, and I do get that. Um, I just think you got to get the right person, you know. And if you're, we we got to be realistic about this. <laughs> and as much as I'm like, oh, Ro, he could recruit and he can't coach, so do I want another guy who can, who knows how to drop bags and recruit, but doesn't know yeah. how to coach? Like, no, not necessarily, but. You know, does Greg Marshall at Wichita State have a longtime assistant? Does, you know, are, are there other programs like that, that where someone really knows how, has been there to watch a program build? I don't know the answer. Um, you know, Belmont, right? I mean, are there, are there those kind of programs that have assistants that, that are, have watched a program build along the way? Whatever's going on at Seton Hall right now, right? I mean, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know the answer. I, I agree with you. I tend to, at this point, I just like, I mean, watching them not play defense last week, like, I would just like someone to competently teach them how to play the game, right? Yeah. Uh, putting the recruiting aside, you know, um, but I'm a little bit different on that. As far as the money Well, goes, I'm not, I guess, like, yeah. no, I'm saying, like, I, I, I'm not sold one way or the other. I was just trying to make the point, I guess I didn't do a good job of it. Like, oh, no. if you do, if you are one of those people that says it's got to be a successful coach, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of options. Correct. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I think it's good, but I, are you, you going to go get a high school coach? I mean, like, what are you going to do? This is, this is one of the lowest rated leagues. Yeah, um, right. And a lot of that is regionally. So, I mean, you're not going to get somebody from the other half of the country no. from some other school. So, you're looking at basically, you know, SOCON, I think, is, is out. Mm-hmm. Um, Patriot League? I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know. Does that, you know, like, I just don't know what the options are. Yeah, some of those more academic-focused leagues are attractive to me only because you wonder if a guy who's been successful on the court with less resources, like, what could they do with more? And I think you made the point early on that, you know, it's, it's just – it's really hard in men's basketball, in women's basketball for that matter, too. Um, it's hard in basketball because almost every sport or almost every school in the country who plays Division One is offering cost of attendance for basketball. 
yeah. men's and women's basketball. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of differentiators, right? One of the things that makes JMU so successful in softball and lacrosse and men's soccer and all these other things is that they are one of the few schools at our level who is offering the kind of resources that they are. Yeah. Um, and but it, it's more of an even playing field when it comes to hoops. Much more in hoops, right? And kids are going to – you're really only recruiting three or four kids, you know, and because they're going to go where they can play. And so. and the arena is important, but it's not the same thing as comparing, like, you know, no. Bridgeport to, to no. Robbins Field. No, totally different because you're also – you're not talking about the – in football, you're not just recruiting the one or two or three kids that yeah. need to have playing time. You're also recruiting the 25 other kids who want to come to a big-time program, Yep. right? Uh, and all of those kids contribute to your plans, you know, what you're trying to do big picture. Basketball, you're, they really don't. Right? No. I mean, it doesn't matter what the walk-ons think about the facilities in, in hoops. In quite the same, you know, anywhere close to it does anywhere else. So as far as the salary, I, don't, I, I think, Rob, we both hesitant to, you know, put dollars and cents to this. I know that I don't think – I'll be extremely disappointed if JMU does not – now, look, if they find the right guy and there's – they are confident about it and, it and it works out that they don't have to spend that much. So be it. But if this is not, I mean, there are 10 teams playing basketball in the CAA right now. And if their new coach is not one of the top three or four highest paid, co- I mean, if they're, if they're just going to the median salary of the CAA, it's not going to get to me. Done. That's yeah. not good enough. Right. And, and setting a baseline of what does Alger make or what does Signetti make I have a, I, I, that's the kind of thing that would really bother me at this point. Now I'm not saying I want them to make more or that I think it's appropriate. I'm just saying when you look at the market across the country right now, and when you've just spent, I don't know, $60 million or whatever it is on the arena. I mean, there is the sunk cost thing, but we're talking about three years here. Like, you, yeah. you know, or we're really talking about a three year window for a new coach to prove themselves. So if that means it's time, then I think it's time. Um, you're not going to be allowed to I, – I don't know how all this works. It's going to be hard. Um, I, I'm sure we, we'll have to talk to somebody better than I am, Rob, about where this all fits into sort of the cost of athletics and the bills, you know, the rules in Virginia right now and everything else. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think you pay the coach out of student fees. No. Right. And well, so, I hope not. and so if you're, if you're not paying the coach out of student fees, I'd really like to see them find the money to be competitive. Um, you know, I, I just, if, if they're going to be cheap again, this is, it, it's just, what are they, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. So that's, um, and, and that was what, what was so confusing about the last time, mm-hmm. you know, the, the party line was kind of, Hey, Brady got us to this point. We're kind of peaked at this yeah. 20 win season, top four in the CAA. That's not good enough. We need to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And then they gave it to a guy with less experience for around the same, like none of it tracked mm-hmm. with the, with the desired goal. So it just, it was odd. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to say they got cheap, but it, it, the way the way the decision was explained, it was like, okay, no, we need somebody who's going to get us into that perennial contender, you know, multiple NCAA tournaments, and we essentially started over. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. You can't repeat that. Nope. But most of all, they just can't do the, the lame duck thing. Yeah, correct. Right. I mean, that's right. what really set everything and, and you just can't. I mean, to me, it's like pretty obvious at this point. If you're not doing the lame duck, then that means Rose not coming back. Yeah. Because you can't give him an extension to me no. under any circumstances and, and show your face to – anybody who might purchase your product. No. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's tough situation. So moving on to happier topic, Rob. Um, yeah. I don't have much to say about women's basketball, except uh, I did see a funny stat, you know, JMU played Towson over the weekend who they had lost to earlier in the season and they um, drilled them would be kind. Yeah. That was, <laughs> they that was beat crazy. them by 40 plus. Um and I did see a stat that was like the last four teams that have beaten JMU in the CAA. The next time that JMU has played that team, it's been like over 30 point wins for the Dicks. So, you know, they fall asleep from time to time, like every good team does, uh, especially in a sport with 35 games. But I, I, I'm not panicked yet about JMU. They've had some frustrating losses this year. They have given away all of their mar- – they, they did – 
you know, they're not going to make the tournament yeah, without no. winning the CAA at this point. But at the same time, there's no reason to think they are not in the top. You know, they're not even the favorite or the the one B favorite in the tournament. So we'll have to see what happens. I think Drexel is pretty good, um, and I may be missing somebody else. But you know, it's competitive league, but nothing other than the fact they they can't get an at large bid um, to the NCAA tournament. Uh, nothing that makes me think they can't win the CAA in a few weeks' time. Yeah, so, I hope so. Yeah, really. It, um, hopefully they they can keep rolling. It was good to see. I, I felt like, Sm- I don't know. I, I feel like Smalls has been a little bit up and down, Felt like she was really sharp over the weekend. So uh, I, I know that O'Regan has talked about how much they are, as you and I've said, they're not relying on one player, but they are reliant on shooting. Um, they're kind of a perimeter oriented team this year. I mean, they have Cooper Williams defensively, but in terms of offense, they're very shooting, you know, so if they get hot at the right time, they could be a really dangerous team. <laughs> so Rob, I don't have it. I wanted to, one thing I wanted to ask you about was cornhole. <laughs> oh, that dude. Yeah. Can you yeah. talk about well, this a little bit? <laughs> yeah. I posted some on the blog. Um, yeah. One day last week. Uh-huh. Jeez. Uh, now I'm going to forget all the details. Um, Ryan Smith, former defensive back for JMU from yeah. like, what was it like oh, one of the, the Mickey team. I yeah. Think. Something like that. Was it like back, back in 08, maybe. Right. Um, He's now working up in D.C. I was reading the Wall Street Journal last week, and there was an article about, like, you know, this guy <laughs> wants to be really, really good at cornhole. And I was like, what? Yeah. And it was an article about Ryan Smith. And they're like, oh, this former college football player is still chasing his pro athlete dreams. Yeah. But he's now training for the professional cornhole circuit, mm-hmm. which is a thing, mm-hmm. found out, um, with a better better TV deal than CAA basketball, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Actually, on ESPN. <laughs> And I guess it was really interesting. Like, I don't know if you read the journal, but they often do these, like, what's your workout where they profile a different type of athlete. Oh, yeah. And it's usually, like, you know, semi-professional oh, or just, this. like, yeah. you know, like a triathlete. And they talk about his day job and, then, right. you know, what they do to train. And he's, like, legitimately training for this sport. <laughs> and, and so they broke down, like, how he does cardio. Yep. It was just – it was oddly fascinating. If you yeah, he says he it's 500 or 1,000 bags a day. Yeah. <laughs> And he's got like 40 sets of bags that right. he's sponsor. And he does all this cardio. And I was like, cardio? But then he was saying like for some of these tournaments, he can play like 12 or 14 hours in a weekend mm-hmm. just on your feet. I mean, it actually sounded um, pretty cool. But it was just neat. And at one point, I think they said he was like top 16 mm-hmm. in the country. And these leagues, I mean, I-, I went to the website. There's hundreds and hundreds of people playing in these things. Yeah. And they've got like open ones and invitational. And um, it's for some pretty legitimate prize money. Yep. I mean, it's it's not a day job, not a quit your day job type of right. thing, but it definitely make it worth your while. You know, win a couple grand for some of these things. So, I don't know. I, just, I thought it was funny. I I would have enjoyed the it's article cool. had it not even had the JMU connection. But right. And anyway, so Ryan Smith is your new favorite professional cornhole player. That's exactly right. And I did notice in, in what you wrote, Rob, that he has a uh, he has all slides cornhole bags sponsored by allcornhole.com. dot com. Yes. Um, I was like, "Where's our friends from Sam's?" Cornhole I know. Bags I, I was here. a little disappointed. Get in on this. Right? Missed opportunity there. Yeah. So, oh, I love that. Um, we did get a question tonight, Rob. The next thing I wanted to talk about um, at TJ Stefano on Twitter asked um, what our impressions of the XFL were, and I was going to talk about this a little bit. I did go to the DC Defenders game on Saturday, believe it or not. Uh, did you really? I did. So I, I did. My, my friend's brother's the GM, <laughs> and so she was she came down from Philly for it, and according to what she's saying, the the like front office is absolutely thrilled with the debut, the response they've gotten yeah. in terms of media, the crowd, the tickets, it's just like, they're over the moon. I mean, it was funny to me. I did not expect um, getting off the Metro down there. You know, it was very similar to a United or a, a Nats game in terms they drew of like 17,000. Right? Yeah, they did. So 20,000 seat stadium they drew a little over 17,000. And, you know, just, we went to Walters for like a drink before the game and it was, we ended up not going in cause it was so packed with people. Um, so it, it was fun. Uh, the, the one disappointment I will say, and I, we wanted to touch on this from a JMU perspective. Um, Khalid Abdullah only played on kickoffs and specialty. I mean, kickoffs and kick return teams. Um, he did make a tackle on the kick coverage team in the game, but I don't think I, I, I think I watched, I mean, I missed a little bit here and there, but did not see him. The three, he's clearly the fourth running back at this point, And the other three, uh, the th- basically the first two got to play a lot. The third string got in for one series. 
he did not get in. I will say I did not think they were particularly strong at the running back position, and I wish they had put him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, whatever. It was fun. It was fine. Um, I, I don't, you know, I, I'll loosely pay attention to what's going on. I went because some friends of mine, you know, my sort of high school Redskins group wanted to, this was an anti-Snyder spend a little bit. And we yeah. had a good, right, we had a good time. Um, it was low key. I did see uh, it was nice that they, you know, uh, Khalid won. Um, I thought he was a little frustrated not getting to play. It did look like he was a little frustrated, you know, in the second half, the way he was kind of sitting on the bench. Um, but who knows? Uh, and then Andrew Ankara did win. I tried to look up today, like the box score, see if he made any tackles. I don't know. Um, he's on the St. Louis team. They did win the game. They won, and they did win over um, Mickey Matthews' Dallas Renegades. So Mickey is coaching some kind of defensive assistant coach under Bob Stoops uh, for the Dallas team uh, playing at the Rangers' old ballpark. So that was kind of funny. So there's a lot of JMU connections. And I do – I mean, one thing for Khalid, for Ankara, you know, just thinking about Ish Hyman coming off that AAF performance and signing – um, or Richard Davis, you know, getting another chance. There's no doubt that these guys, this is another opportunity for them. And, um, you know, I hope the league does, I hope it sticks around longer than the AAF did last year. So I, I, one thing I'll say, Rob, I love the kickoff. Yeah, I don't know I, if you saw, saw this. In the stands, the, the kickoff They, like, is line awesome. up five yards away from each other. Yeah, so they backed up the kicker to, like, the 30, his own 30 or 30, whatever, like, five or ten yards shorter than where he would kick off in the the NFL is up to a point where they're, I think they said over 60% of the kickoffs are touchbacks now. Yeah. And in the XFL games this weekend, 93% of the kicks were returned and you have to kick it essentially between, you have to kick it past the 20, but short of the goal line. Um, Otherwise there's like a big penalty. So um it was really fun. So the other, the cool thing is the coverage team has to line up on the other team's 30, right? So you have to return it, but there's not really a big danger. Like it was a really fun play. It almost was like a, a team running a reverse or something every time there was a return. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, we all really enjoyed that. It, did, it definitely seemed more like a, somebody's going to figure out how to block those things eventually. And there's going to be lots of runbacks. But for the time being, that was, that was definitely really fun. Um, I'm sure there's a billion other. I know there's some crazy rules on the extra points. All the coaches. The one, two, and three. Yeah, Yeah. nobody went for any of those. So it really was pretty conservative. Everybody just kind of went for one or at the most two. I didn't, I mean, nobody in the game here, nobody went for three. Um, I guess Seattle was down. At one point, there was a 12-point spread in the game late. So if they had scored, there would have been an incentive to go for three. But it was kind of funny. So who knows? But it was kind of fun. Um, Cardell Jones looked really good. So, uh, you know, I think it'll be a cool thing for people that love football just to see guys get a little bit more of a chance to keep playing. And it didn't seem to have quite the um, – I mean, we'll see as the season goes along. But it didn't feel like guys were in as much danger. Like their rules were kind of set up to um, – I don't know. Hopefully keep it at a minor league level where you don't see guys getting – terrible injuries it's football people are going to get injured but yeah no you know about that. there were some smart things about it it was just funny because you look back on the old xfl where they tried to be like tough guy you know full wwf tough guy i got it. knocked out on the first yeah, play. guys got hurt right away and this was like the opposite it was like very much an acknowledgement of we need to keep more guys give more players opportunities but this is you know not to get people killed out here. So yeah. it's fun. I mean, for the team, for a team like DC that's playing in a soccer stadium, it's going to continue to be really fun. Cause that's a great atmosphere to watch a game. You know, um, you don't feel like you're in this monster stadium with nobody there. Like you do at the Redskins games. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I was flipping through the channels, I think yesterday and I mm-hmm. watched like four or five plays. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, whatever. I hope it yeah. succeeds, I guess, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I'm one of those people I like football. I'm totally fine after the Super Bowl taking a break. Like, yeah, I, need I, a break. I don't really need to watch it. Um, yeah. This is when I kind of really start paying attention to college hoops. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten much more into the NBA mm-hmm. the, the past couple of years. My kids are in the NBA. And um, I guess I've, I've slowly been getting back into it. But I'd still rather watch basketball than, than minor league football. But, yeah. I mean, each their own. I mean, I'm yeah. not, like, rooting against it. 
No. Um, if it's on, maybe I'll tune in, but I'm not going to be checking scores or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So moving back to JMU-related football. Um, Rob, I don't know if you had any thought on, like, national, the second National Signing Day. It just seems to be – it seems like the only thing I could think of was that JMU's – all their work was done in the December. <laughs> yeah, they kind of um, just – I wonder no. if it's going to just turn into nothing more than, like, people who have offers pulled out from under their feet yeah, yeah. on the first signing day or, right. or like late bloomers. Cause it seems like all of the action is around the first one. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess there were a couple guys coming in and there are quite a few preferred walk-ons. Um, one piece of signing day news that was kind of cool. And one of the questions we got um, today for the show tonight uh, from who asked us that? Oh, at J Floyd, 6942 asked us, um, what did we think about Hero Sports ranking JMU number one recruiting class in the country? So I didn't know that until he asked that. Yeah, I didn't either. I was like, that's, oh, wow, that's That's cool. pretty cool. Yeah, so <laughs> that went up today. Um, and that's fantastic. I think um, just watching – Rob, you wrote a pretty funny thing about the message boards last week. That's exactly right. There have been people complaining about – I'm worried about Signetti's recruiting is one did of you, the, like, threads on there. Did, did you see who um, – well, I actually – Send a yeah. tweet to that thread and just yeah, see who okay, liked yeah. it. Yeah, it's nice. Coach Signetti liked it. So <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. he is aware of what people are saying. But it's yeah. recruiting. It's like, this is the dumbest thing it's, ever. It's and just so stupid. People you don't are know looking like at it. this. And those 247 sites, the paid sites, I mean, one thing to the Hero Sports Guys credit, we may agree or disagree with Brian and, and, um, and Sam. You know, we may all have our feelings on them. But they know this level of football. Yeah, right? And they attention. follow this. They really actually care about this. And they mm-hmm. care about the kids and they track the kids. I mean, Brian's been doing this for a long time. They, and, and those other sites, they don't give a crap, right? There, there's no. so many times if a kid, you never, the other kid's not even listed on Rivals or 247. And then they get an offer from a Power 5 school and suddenly they're a three-star. Yep. Or they are listed as a three-star and they commit to an FCS school, and now suddenly they're a one-star. You know, it, it's just the dumbest. It's so pay-for-play. Um, it's just a hype machine for the bigger schools. Yeah. I feel like Hero, even Hero, those guys will be the first ones to tell you, they don't know, right? <laughs> they, I mean, NDSU, has, they are, they're ranked fourth this year. They're rarely ranked first. But they sign a bunch of preferred walk-ons every year and build these kids up year after year. So the depth is there in the program, and – that was the kind of thing that I liked this year from JMU's class. I like that JMU is following NDSU and announcing the preferred walk-ons. Mm-hmm. I like that they're all the preferred walk-ons, if I'm not mistaken, all of them were from Virginia. Yeah. So they're building pipelines at schools in the state, whether those kids are going to be the biggest contributors or not. Um, some of those kids are probably in line if there are transfers out, like we saw – in the last couple of days with CJ Jackson leaving uh, Eric Curlew leaving. Don't blame either one of those guys, right? They're going to be the what fourth, fifth, sixth running backs on the depth chart. Yeah. Um, in CJ Jackson's case, he's probably going to be third. He's third in his own class yeah. behind Latrell Palmer and um, Austin Douglas, not to mention Solomon Van Horse, who's only going to a year ahead of him. Right. I, you know, I don't blame those kids at all. No. So, um, you know, good luck to them. Curlew has been a – he's been a great soldier for this program, right? He's worked his butt off. He's played a little bit. But he's a senior, and he probably wants to go play somewhere and have fun for a year. And he's going to be the fifth running back again next year if he stays here. So, you know, when those kids leave, there's another scholarship for one of those pre- potentially preferred walk-on kids or some kind of gray shirt or, I don't know, some – yeah evangelista can eventually explain this to us but yeah we're not done with the transfer window um but really excited about jamie's class Uh, i know there was at least a couple kids we were really there's an offensive lineman and defensive lineman that we were pretty pretty delighted about rob and i don't follow that super closely but nice to see um i don't don't have too much else rob on that do you No, I mean, I, no. I, I, I just think people are crazy if they don't think Signetti's good at this. He was the recruiting coordinator at Alabama. Yeah. He, he recruited to crappy places like IUP and Elon. I, I think he's going to be all right at this point. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't really sweat these rankings. I, mm-hmm. I don't even get that excited about 
about it. I mean, it's no. neat. It's you'd rather be ranked top, ranked, yep. ranked on the top sure. than, than not. But you don't know. This is like you know grading a draft the day after the draft. Right. We have no idea how these guys are going to turn out. Well, uh, what we do know is that Delaware and Villanova, other CAA teams, are also in the top yeah. six. So who knows which of the three of those ends up being the best. There's no other CAA team. Well, I guess Rhode Island's 25th, but Richmond 27th. But nobody else near the way near the top. So that's what you got to pay attention to for now. Yeah. Yeah. So good to hear that. Uh, yeah, Rob, the only other football-related thing I did want to mention – uh, before we totally move away from football, is just that anybody that didn't pay attention, North Carolina A and T announced last week that they are leaving the MEAC. This is big. And this is big, and they are joining the Atlantic Sun, or no, excuse me, the Big no. South in football. Yeah. And the, we'll get to Atlantic, why Atlantic, why I said Atlantic Sun in a second. But this is a big deal. Hampton left the MEAC last year, um, also to go to the Big South. A uh, and T is leaving to go to the Big South. A&T has been an extremely, extremely uh, competitive FCS program. They've won four of the first five Celebration Bowls, the sort of black college championship where the MEAC winner plays the SWAC winner uh, in the last five years. Made a lot of money doing that. Um, they've won a couple FBS games. Also beat East Carolina over this period at one point. Um, they're going to NDSU next year. They are going to make the Big South really a, a – you know, I think a little bit of a force. I mean, joining Monmouth and Kennesaw State, that's a third program that really cares and invests in the program. And, and to me, having lived in Greensboro, North Carolina A&T, they, they do have something to sell there. Yeah. Right? I think they can recruit well to that school. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how their own alumni base um, reacts they to react. this move, yeah. right? Because they've enjoyed the historic r- nature of their MEAC participation and the rivalries they have there. Um, but I don't think A&T, we've heard from their chancellor, we've heard from their leadership over the last couple of years quietly. They, they didn't go to the Big South just to go to the Big South forever. No. This is no, a team they, that has – They want to be a player on the yeah, national They, they have bigger aspirations, whether that's, you know, sort of FCS power or FBS football. Um, that's a school that has – aspirations for really carrying the flag for HBCUs around the country. Um, and I think this is a big news also, Rob, because we keep hearing, and I, I'm not knowledgeable enough yet. We will, we will get there uh, and talk about this, I'm sure, before the season starts or when July comes and we're sort of at that realignment window, June, end of June, beginning of July. Um, but there's certainly some scuttlebutt again about the Atlantic Sun potentially reforming football and you know, having some weird conglomeration of current FCS, current FBS schools as some kind of a mid-Atlantic, southeastern, you know, potentially another FBS conference. Who knows where that goes, but that, I think this A&T thing is a big deal. Um, and I think it's a big deal just locally for JMU. It's cool. If, I'm just putting aside all the future ramifications of the FBS discussion. I'm just glad to see another school back in the playoff mix that cares about football. Yeah, and cares exactly. wants to be good in FCS. Like yeah. I welcome a playoff game, you know, at North Carolina A&T or hosting North Carolina A&T. Like I, I want to see them. And I'm just glad to have. There's only like ten schools that really, really care about this, and I'm. Yeah. And I think A&T immediately becomes another one them. of those schools, yep. and I'm welcome that completely. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it's a good, like, regional one if you were to set up a home-and-home home or things like that. It, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's great that there's, like you said, another team kind of trying to brand itself on the national landscape mm-hmm. and that they're close enough that it could be a potential regional rivalry. So it's, there's nothing not to like about this, um, with no. the exception of maybe the, hopefully it doesn't negatively impact the celebration ball, but somebody else will step right into that. You just, yeah. I mean, that, that's a big deal. Well, and they, they may, one. for all I know, they may be ahead could, of the curve because yeah. ESPN, I think you only have one year left on the deal. So yeah. who knows where that's headed? You know, I, I imagine that game's going to continue. I don't know if the money, I don't know how the money's going to work out, but, um, you know, good for a and I, I wish them well. And yeah. I, I certainly hope we see them in the playoffs and, and go up to the Fargo Dome and play well next year. <laughs> Aggies. So I guess we'll see what happens there. Um, Rob, a couple last overtime little questions here on the Ask Jam USB portion. Our old Hofstra friend Jerry Beach asked, are the baseball playoffs expansion 
potentially expanding to seven teams from each league. Is that the worst thing or the very worst thing ever? <laughs> Can it be both? This yes. is terrible. It's Man, a terrible Man, I mean, he's making everybody yeah. miss Bud C League. It's, <sighs> it's just, it's terrible. Quit tinkering with things. Right. Um, it's just, no, it's terrible. And it's even worse. The, the expansion number of teams is bad. The top teams getting to choose who they play yeah. <laughs> in some sort of weird pickup game. It's just terrible. I'm not like a hardcore baseball traditionalist. I probably lean in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. I lean a little bit that way. I'm fine with tinkering with the game, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. This, this is just a dumb, dumb idea. Um, and what? I say that like yeah. it's, it's geared around teams like my Mets. You yeah. have no business in the playoffs right. after a year like last year. Right. You don't need, you know, an 84-win team sneaking in there. It's just – it's not worth it. Well, it's so funny to – for me, coming from the Nats perspective, for years, I, you know, it, baseball's the most frustrating playoffs already for teams that are actually good. Yeah. Because you – they ask you to invest for 162 games, 81 home games, and then you get to the playoffs. It can be gone in a week. You can be gone in a week. And the Nats were on the losing end of that forever. And then last year they sneak in as a wild card and win the whole dang thing. And it already feels – to me it already feels too fluky for the Dodgers or whoever the good teams are. Yeah. And I hate this idea of – I mean, there's no sport that just where the regular – just where it has no meaning. I mean, I know hockey can get a little fluky in the playoffs, but it's still a seven-game series. Yeah. It's not like you don't get your shot, you know. Um when the Caps lost last year, I wasn't thinking like they didn't, they got screwed or something, you yeah, know? It just it so, happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I hate that idea. No, that's uh, terrible. Rob, good question for you. Cause I think this comes with a parent. I, I'm guessing this comes from the parent corner a little bit. Um, our old friend, Paula Polglaze, our young friend, young old friend, Paula Polglaze asked where, where should we go on spring break? So I'm guessing that is a, a family related question. I don't know. Where should they go oh. on spring break? Uh, we just booked a trip to Arizona to oh, yeah. do the Grand Canyon, Antelope yeah. Canyon, a bunch of national parks. So I don't know. I'm pretty psyched about that. Nice. Uh, I would I would recommend that. Um, a couple of years ago, we did L.A. and Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. That's amazing for families. Um, okay. We hung out in Venice for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And then went up, Santa Barbara is amazing. I would mm-hmm. I would recommend that wholeheartedly if people are looking for a fun family trip. There's mm-hmm. tons of stuff to do, and it's absolutely gorgeous. There's wineries. There's great hiking. There's beaches, um, cool shops. I don't know. Go anywhere. Just leave. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> Just get out of town. It's, it's such a good time of year. I'm glad you're leave. going to Arizona. I love, um, I love Arizona. And in particular, it's the, the hiking in Sedona is unbelievable. So, yeah. Yeah, I can't great, wait. Great I've never it's, been out there, but I think it's, it's awesome. going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. You know how I already feel about New Mexico. Very similar setup. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then the last one for tonight, Rob, uh, at JMU Superfan, Keith uh, on Twitter asks, are they ever going to let Duke Dog back in the Capital One mascot challenge? No. <laughs> I, I think Capital One felt more blowback from that than any other decision they've ever had. Yeah. I think they probably realized just to leave well enough alone and it ain't, it ain't worth the trouble. Yeah, I, I think they really have eliminated the, mid, the, the JMU then it's not even mid-major or low-major. It's just they need to eliminate JMU, who will yeah. skew your social media um, so much. And then you will not, you know, they're going to refuse to give it to us in the end. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And then no, feel the wrath. That. Screw that. Yes. Yeah. No, that's done. Yeah. So, well, I, I, that's all I got. Unless you got anything else, Rob. I'm glad no, to I'm, talk I'm to all, you. Yeah. Looking it's good to get back, to... pull the bandaid off. I'm, that's right. I'm over Frisco looking forward to Absolutely. the future. Yeah. sports. So. Yeah. So, yeah, big weekend this weekend for softball. Um, this is their opening weekend. Unfortunately for them, they are playing, I think, two or three opponents this week who have all played a tournament played already. Or two. Played yeah. already. So that's always a little bit tough. I feel like it's particularly tough in softball and baseball where, you know, hitting, timing. Yeah. It's, it's, you can't simulate it until you're really in a game. But good luck to the softball team, one of the teams we are most excited about for this spring. And hopefully the lacrosse team, uh, they, that was a tough one out of the gate. Um, they sort of got hammered by Chapel Hill in their first game. But hopefully they can kind of get, get things rolling a little bit. That's their, I think they have some, they're, they have some oppor- more opportunities along the way this year. Um, and as, we, as we've seen from lacrosse the last couple of years, you know, they don't have to win all of these games to get in. No, I mean, um, that, you know. They need to win the games they're supposed to. 
Yeah, and just it's it's all to prepare them for league play. I yeah, mean, a couple of years ago it really came came together in a nice way, and they won all these <laughs> games. But yeah. it's not as, actually necessary, as Coach Shelley explained to us. Like the scheduling philosophy is just you know play as many tough teams as you can to really be hit on all cylinders once conference play starts. So that's right. They still can do that. So good for them. And I know that uh, swimming and diving kind of in the home stretch here for some of those guys, um, some of those athletes. Good luck to them in all of the kind of regional and national competitions. I did see one of our longtime listeners, Hope Byram, was the, the sort of the best diver of the week. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, um, but was glad to see her up there. I don't understand. Someday some, we're going to have to have somebody from diving on someday, Rob, to explain to me. It feels like a different um, like a different diver is the athlete of the week every week, but it's never the same person. There's never like one dominant person, even on JMU. Yeah, and know. I'm always confused. Like I'm like, how is it not the same? You There's know, no Kiki Jefferson of diving. No, no, no. I don't know. And maybe the team's just that strong, but I just I'm always confused by that. Um, and I think that's all. Uh, I know the uh, JMU ski and snowboard team did well at their club championships. The last couple weekends. So oh, good for them. Yes. Didn't know there was such a thing, but oh, go Dukes. Yes. <laughs> I think it's a little bit more of a party than a actual competition. Yeah. But JMU think. never suffers in that regard. So yeah. yeah, that's good. So Rob, I will talk to you. I will, we probably won't record next week. It's president's day, um, but we will be back in two weeks. If not next week. Uh, we may do something a little later in the week, but in any case, I will talk to you next week, Rob. Yeah. And all right, man. We'll be back very soon. Yeah. Have a good Thanks, week. Everybody. Go Dukes. Kiss me, kiss me.